Welcome to the Grindstaff Publishing Podcast. I am your host, Tyler Grindstaff. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Grindstaff Publishing Podcast. Um, it's been a while. Um, the last time I did one of these was um, December of 2020, so about four months ago. So it's glad to be. I'm glad to be back. It's good to be back, um, and I'm excited because this is the next chapter, the next section of this podcast. Um, the first was primarily about how I how I wrote uh, Room to Rome, my first novel. This one will be all about my second novel, Chasing the Kingfish. This is really important to me because Chasing the Kingfish is all about in 2010 when I was a sophomore in college. Um, I had the opportunity to go to Alaska to fish commercially for salmon, um, and I did. Um, I finished my finals early in college. Um, didn't do very well grade-wise, but finished early. Um, left my pretty steady girlfriend of almost a year, who is now my wife, um, and just uppered everything and went and uh, got on a, as I call it in the book, a hippie fishing barge in uh, southeast Alaska out of Sitka and started just doing salmon fishing for uh, four months in the summer. Um, the book is really important to me. Um, along the way, I learned a lot writing it, like one does with every book or every any project. But really, it answered a lot of questions. Um, before I wrote it, um, there's a lot of you know research behind it, background, and it's like any true story. Um, you have this, you know, in, in your head, you have exactly what happened. But when you start writing it down on paper, you start looking at maps and stuff, you're like, oh, wow, that isn't correct. So it was really fun. I'll go into that research process, the background process, um, changing names, you know, kind of going back and like looking at like ship details and the boat I was on was not very big. It's only a 40 foot wooden boat um, named the Kaliva and I changed it to the Caliber in the book. Um, and everything was just really cool to, to go back and look at that. So I'm very, very excited to get to get into that nitty gritty stuff. Um, and in the same vein, as the, the Room to Rome podcast, the first one, it, this is very much like that process of, of um, you know, trying to dissect it, trying to see if there's any kind of, you know, parsement of, um, of information, of writing little tips and stuff that I gained. Um, it's interesting because um, in the year of 20, um, 2019, um, I produced three books. So Room to Rome novel, Chasing the Kingfish novel, and then I published the... Uh, the Room to Rome, the photographs book, and they're all available at grindsetpublishing.com. And, uh, and, 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 and a, and a funny thing that I'll talk about a little bit later on this one, um, the, the financials, the taxes on stuff, the, the really, the boring stuff that you don't really think about when you, when you go into like this creative field, the business part of it is interesting. And that definitely has been the, the, the anchor behind me because creatively I'm firing at all cylinders. I want to do this. I'm really excited about doing this stuff. But then there's always like, well, I don't want this to be a hobby. I want it to be a business. And so to be a business, you have to make at least $300 a year. And so it's all fun and games to be like, oh, yeah, I own my own little publishing business. But really, it comes down to uh, to doing that business part of it. So it's pretty funny. Um, I guess I'll go into what this book means to me. I kind of touched on it already. But it's really important because much like the Room to Rome book is is always my first baby, um, and it really, it, it was interesting because it was, it was written when I had my first baby. Um, and so the second book, um, I wrote in the summertime into the fall and it was such an interesting process to go, to go back to that time in my life because 
when I wrote it, um, we had had one baby. We had the second one getting pretty close to coming along. Um, or Alex was pregnant with him. And so it really was my second kid. And so it was so interesting to kind of have learned a lot, a lot, a lot in that first process of writing Room to Rome. And so now, you know, I'm sitting there with the things I already knew. Um, this book was kind of Frankenstein together because I had worked on it here, worked on it there, worked on it in Europe, worked on it um, in college. And they're just little chunks and pieces that were really gold. And I absolutely loved it. And some pieces that were just like, what is this? Like, this doesn't fit anywhere. I don't know what this is. And it's really, a, it was my creative novel. Like it was, the Room to Room was more like a, you know, like a, a, a to B to C, you know, follow the line. Um, and it was not fiction, but it was a, it, it was, it just felt very linear. Chasing the Kingfish was not like that. It was very much a, uh, um, a cobbled together thing. And so, I mean, obviously, yeah, I mean, I, I, I wrote it and I really had all the, the different things about it, but to go from, um, you know, this cobbled together piece of, you know, project to being this cohesive story is super interesting to me at least. And so hopefully to you too. And, you know, when, when I got to it, I think I had like, uh, 70, 70 some pages of, um, uh, you know, I've translated into like, you know, book form pages. And it was, it, it was interesting because like, like I just said, you know, I, I wrote it over the course of probably two years because the, you know, I worked on it when I was a bachelor, um, you know, getting ready to go to Europe. I wrote on it on my little tablet I brought with me to Europe in Europe and the hostels and all that stuff. And that, you know, vagabond way of being like, oh man, I'm a writer and I'm calling myself a writer in this cool place. So I'm writing this book. And I thought totally that that would be the first book I wrote uh, or published. I came back, um, Alex and I, my wife, um, you know, got back together and we, we did our thing. And then uh, it was kind of always on the back burner. I kind of did notes about it. Like I'm going to finish this book this summer or that next summer. And it just never came to fruition, but it was really fun to, uh, to actually sit down and be like, okay, I'm doing this book. And, uh, and, it, and it started with the research. And I guess... I guess that's from, I'll, I'll go with this first podcast, I, or first episode. I didn't have any real, you know, I didn't intend to do this. I, I, I got, um, I have my wonderful Rode microphone, the uh, NT-USB microphone, which is amazing. Hopefully it sounds, sounds really good. And the entire um, recording of the first pot or the first section of the podcast, plus the Room to Realm audiobook, which is an entirely another beast that I will get to later. Um, it was all done... Um, with a pop fil- pop shield pop filter, but now I have this really cool fuzzball. I like to call it, basically a windshield, um, and it sounds a lot better. It sounds more professional, I think. Hopefully that um, is supported in the <laughs> the sound quality you're listening to. Um, but anyway, and so uh, this is all a learning process. So you're you're along for the ride, and that's why I really hope this podcast is is that you know there are a million podcasts of being like, oh, there's two there's two people talking about this funny stuff, like da da da. But hopefully this is, um, you know, geared towards the writers, the, the arty community that there are full of creators and stuff. And, you know, I don't know, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and it's fun to, uh, just talk like this in, in the microphone and really just, you know, just kind of just, just babble on and hopefully you're with me. Um, the future episodes will have more of a, uh, a theme, but this one, I just wanted, I really wanted to play around with it, see how the audio sounds and kind of go for there. 
So let's get into research. Um, researching the Ch Chasing the Kingfish book was by far the most fun research I've done because with Rune to Rome, there's research, a lot of it, you know, it's like, okay, well, I had these notes um, that I did every single day. And so I knew where I went, where I was going. Um, I had a vague idea of what I saw. Um, you know, there's more fact checking, like, okay, well, I know I went to this hostel, but was the front door green? Was, was there an awning? Was it crappy? Was it, was it awesome? You know, they're like fact checking my memory. And it was nice because it kind of gave me that little bit of edge. Chasing the Kingfish, when I wrote this sucker, I hadn't done it for nine years. I, it was in 2010 when I went, came back, and now it's 20, 2019 in the summer. A lot of, a lot had faded. Um, and, and in an interesting way, um, looking back at my psychology degree, it's kind of funny because you think about memory and how memory kind of gets tailored to your own story and the narrative within your current story and your current life is so can be so much different from what it was actually in your in what happened so memory is a pretty fun fun thing because i found that there's a lot of things that i was like oh yeah that totally happened or oh no we were totally there or no we you know we went here and that was really close to this and you know not nine out of 10, but probably like seven out of 10 times. My, my, how I remembered it was very different than it actually is in real life. And that's probably the case with most people. Um, definitely nonfiction writers, or I guess autobiographical writers is what my first two novels were about. Um, it's interesting because when you start looking at that kind of stuff and you start looking at, you know, I was there, so I should know what happened, but it really wasn't. And so, um, ever since coming back from Alaska, um, and be before I go on, this has been a key point in my life. Um, you know, people do things in their life that define them. You know, parenthood is a pretty universal one. Like once you have a child, um, that's, that's a, that's a really substantial thing that changed in your life. And you're now part of this club. You're part of the, the very large club, obviously, but you know, the parent club, like you're now part of this club. Cause it doesn't mean you have to like fall in line with that club's, you know, norms, or whatever, but you know, okay, once you have a kid, you're part of that club. You, you now can talk about that kind of stuff. And, you know, going to Europe has definitely been part of that, you know, backpacking thing. Um, but Alaska is a really interesting thing because, you know, shows like The Deadliest Catch, for instance, um, made it wildly popular to be like, oh, this mythologized romanticized vision of what it's like to go up there and fish in this very dangerous area. Um, fishing in it by in and of itself is, the, is one of the most dangerous professions in the world. Um, so when you say people, tell people that you are, that you were a, you know, worked on a boat, you fish for salmon or you fish anything in, in Alaska, this light bulb goes off in that person's head and like, whoa, I already have this this preconceived notion of what you did and 9.9% .9 of the time it's totally wrong they're like oh man you were like on this crab boat it's like no 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 no. I didn't I wasn't in the Bering Sea I wasn't out there when like and like like they're like my nostrils were like filled with ice because it's so cold no it wasn't like that it was very different but because of that you know that chunk of my life is integral in who I am you know there I I think you know for most most people there's a handful of things that define them parenthood is definitely one of them but in the, you know, in my life, you know, there, there are just, there are blips on my, on my timeline of living. It's like, this happened, this happened, this happened, fishing happened, then parenthood. And it's like, there's just this, this 
this thing that went along and there's always been an arc of, you know, of a striving for adventure and like trying to push the boundaries of what I think I could do myself and, you know, just prove, proving everyone else wrong. There's all, there's numerous things that go into like my choice to go to Alaska in the first place. But, um, man, I, Alaska defines me. It did. I mean, those four months in 2010, um, on that fishing boat out of Sitka, Alaska, just defined my entire life. Um, what I, do I wish I had stayed there? No. Do I, well, I'm, am I beyond happy that I chose to go on this wild ride and do that? Absolutely. Um, and so, but it, it's an interesting point to think that it just, it's just the defining thing in my life that, you know, when I first started, when I started school in 2009 of that year, that academic year, um, you know, I never would have thought that that would define me. Okay. Well, no, my, this extra stuff I'm doing in college, like this, like the neuroscience labs, and the, this nerdy stuff, like that's going to define me. Like that's going to shape my career. That's going to be who I am. And then, you know, in a matter of months in January of 2010, you know, all, all hell broke loose in my life. And it's like, oh my God, there's this possibility of going to Alaska. Um, so actually, you know what? Let's just scrap it. Let's go that way. Let's, I, I was going to do the, the background research. Not doing that. Let's start off with a proper way of doing this. Like why the hell did I write this book? Let, let's start there. How about that? So the, the way I got to Alaska um, in the first place, this might've been the very first question I should ask myself to begin with in this episode. Again, rambling. I'm not sure where I'm going yet, but we're starting us out like this. Um, the reason why I went to Alaska in the first place is because I had an opportunity from my roommate in college. So in 2009, that academic year was the first, the first year where I lived in a house. So I wasn't in a dorm. I was like on my own in college. I was like, I think I was 21, so maybe my junior, I don't know. I was like 21 years old, so some, wherever that is in, in my life or in college career. I was 21 years old. I was living with um, two girls, um, both from my, my very small hometown of Helix. Um, and so these two girls um, had been friends in, in school. Uh, one was in my grade, one was a grade below us. So we started living together. Um, it was great. Living with girls is, has like anything else, pros and cons. Uh, that's also something that's pretty funny. And people say, well, you live with girls? Like, how is that? And it's like, well, how was it with, you know, how was it living with your roommate? Exact same. Boy, girl, whatever. Um, and so we had a little thing going on, the three of us. It was very cool, very nice. Across the across the way was my um, was my very short-term ex-girlfriend, uh, who we got along great, and she was over there. Um, so there's a, three, there's a four of us then. And then she introduced me to this girl named Alex. Fast forward, my wife. Um, and so then, um, after a short time, Alex, uh, moved in with us. And so then it was Alex, me, the, the two girl roommates. And then across the hall was the other girl. Um, and so it was really fun. It was great. Um, we, we had a lot of fun. We were all like most, or let's see, two of us were 21. The other three were 20. Um, like most college people do once they get into a house or an apartment, um, we started partying really hard and it was really fun. Um, half us kept our grades up, half let our grades slip. That's just how it goes. Um, luckily I was on the end that had a good grades. Um, and so, um, the first term we had kind of went crazy. Everyone had a lot of fun. And then in January, one of the girls, uh, the one that was in my grade in high school, um, she just kind of, we were just talking and she said, Oh, you know, like, um, you know, da, 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 da. I, I went to community college with this, this guy whose dad is a, fishing boat captain up in Alaska. And I was like, that's interesting. I didn't know that about you. 
She's like, yeah, um, you know, actually, I, you know, I back, I can get him to talk, talk to him again and get you on a boat in Alaska. And I was like, that is ridiculous. If that can happen, that's crazy. I mean, at this point, you know, I, I was full bore into science. I, I had, I think, declared my my dual major, biology, psychology. I was like entrenched in, you know, nerdy, nerdy science stuff. And also going back into the room to room portion of the podcast, um, you may have known or you don't know that um, that I'm from a very, very small town in eastern Oregon called Helix, a very, very, you know, covered, you know, surrounded by wheat fields. And so right out of high school, I started working at a, on a farm, a wheat farm. And then that was my summer job, um, throughout college. So I would be a, be a hardcore science nerd for nine, nine months of the year. And then for three months, I would make all the money I'd have for the year in a summertime doing wheat harvest and wheat working. So it was really cool, um, juxtaposition of blue collar work on the wheat farm versus, um, very, very white collar, white lab coat. Um, nerdiness in the um, in the classroom, and so I, that's how I do my thing. And so I was no stranger to blue collar work. I, I loved it. I loved that juxtaposition. I love the contrast in blue collar work your ass off, get dirty, get paid, and the other side of being like this very white collar. Well, we're gonna work hard in school. We're gonna play hard also. And so it was a really cool contrast. And so when I when that girl proposed to me that she could get in contact with her friend and her friend's dad. Um, I was like, yeah, that sounds great. Like I, you know, um, my, the farming stuff, it kind of like went not sideways, but like, you know, I kind of had moved on from that and I was like, Oh, I want something different, but I don't want to work like in a grocery store or something. So what do I do? And so then, you know, in January it started happening. And so early January started talking about this stuff and she got in contact with her friend, his her friend's, um, dad kind of got interested in stuff and he started asking around and then like end of January, early February, somewhere in there, I have it written down somewhere. Um, I got in contact with this guy. And so, um, this guy was like, yeah, you know, my, my dad knows this, this fisherman who needs a deckhand, you know, it's, you know, they're, he's a cool guy. He's this hippie guy. Um, you know, it's basically hard work, but you have a great summer and make a lot of money. It's like, great. I don't care about any, any of that. I just want to have an adventure. And you know, get, you know, get away and just like do that thing. And so February, um, I, I was texting back and forth, this guy, um, Captain Ben in the book, um, Captain Ben and I were talking back and forth. He was super like, why would I hire this guy? Like you, you work a farm job in the summers and now you've been, you know, your muscles have been wasting away in, in a lab somewhere. At the time I was doing cadaver dissection and like, I was, I was like hardcore nerd. Like, I mean, I, I, my classes were like microbiology and organic chemistry. I was doing a cadaver lab on the side, preparing a cadaver for the, uh, for the, you know, the, the under, um, underclassmen to dissect. I was doing an extracurricular neurocognitive laboratory thing. I, I was help running, um, just entrenched. I was, I was totally entrenched in that, that lifestyle. And I loved it. It was so much fun to do that. It was like, like I had two lives. Um, it was so much fun. Plus Alex and I were, you know, we had been living together for now, you know, a couple months and we were going, you know, like hot and heavy, like this, this girl's great. We were living together. Um, and so it was this crazy whirlwind that kind of just happened out of nowhere. 
And so February, I kind of committed and I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to go to Alaska and fish. Um, and it surprised me to say that. And it surprised everybody. It just surprised Alex, like for sure. Um, and so then, um, and then like, you know, like the, the term kind of kept going and going and I was getting ready. I was like, getting excited. And then, um, let's see. And then late May, it was like full. It's like going, we're, we're, we're going to do this thing. Like you're going to be up here. Like you're going to be up here on, um, June, like the first week of June, like I think, I think it was June 4th. Um, so June 4th, you have to be up here on the boat, ready to go. And finals weren't until like, that was finals week. Um, so it was like, oh crap, like, what do I do with this? And so here I am all excited. And I was like, screw this. Like I was 21 years old. Um, I was like in that, in like the thick of like, part of me, exactly half of my brain, which is, I guess, true with most Gemini's and the June birthday people, exactly half of me was like school, 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 like white lab coats, think of the future, think of your careers, publish scientific papers. The other half was like, screw that, like reading Kerouac, reading existential writers, you know, doing a lot of poetry stuff, writing, you know, dabbling in writing as like a potential career and like saying, screw this science stuff and let's get into this writing stuff. Um, Plus, you know, the girlfriend thing and my, my friends were very much like free thinkers and like it, it, it was, it was just exactly half, half of me one way, half the other. So the half that was like very much like science conscious and like, got to get good grades, got to get a good job. That was like, screw you, man. You're getting pushed to the side. Like, I don't want any part of you. And, um, but then the other half of me, um, there's just, there's, it was a constant battle. And so, and ultimately I was like, yeah, let's do it. So two weeks before I left, um, I taught, I talked, pleaded with uh, my professors. And again, these are, these are hard classes. Like these are classes that, you don't just be like, oh, well, I'm going to study for a couple hours and be done. This is like microbiology, like a hard class, like organic chemistry, um, you know, cadaver section. I, 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 was, I was literally peeling a guy's neck off, like taking the skin off the guy's neck and face. And you can't just be like, oh, well, I'm going to spend it finishing a weekend. You can't do it. And so luckily, uh, I think I had five professors, six professors, something like that. All but one were like, yes, do this. This is a great decision. Like, it's gonna be hard. You're gonna move all your finals up a week, but you can do this. The one guy was kind of an asshole and he was like, well, I'll give you a, an, uh, I think he gave me an incomplete, an I, until I got back and then I would take the final then. And so it's kind of like this, like, mostly the, even the professor was like, yeah, man. Like, there was one professor, my micro teacher, who was like super on board, like, yeah, do this. You, like, this is when you do it. Like, just do this stuff now because, you know, if you're gonna do this career, you know, the science career stuff, this is not gonna happen later in life. So overwhelmingly, you know, a positive reaction. My parents were on board. My dad was super on board. He was super nice. Very, very um, thankful looking back at it. Um, he bought my plane ticket to get up there. Um, you know, thank you, dad. Um, just all of it was just overwhelmingly supportive. Even Alex, who we've all been dating for less than a year, like for what, seven months? And she was like, yeah, like it's going to suck, but do it. Like that sounds awesome. You totally should do that. And so... I said, yes. Um, uh, I remember vividly taking my finals a week early and not doing well. Um, like it was so fun to look back because most of the, um, the classes that I did really bad in, um, there was one that was microbiology 
And then there was the other class that was like basically how to be a scientist. Like this has some fancy name, but basically it was like how to work in an actual lab, you know, doing these processes, you know, doing these tests. It was really fun looking back, but it just, there's not enough time that I, I didn't care. And so those two classes I did bad, like got a D on the final, barely passed, barely passed. And it's funny because looking back at that, I work in a microbiology lab I have for three years. I'm a biologist. Um, I do microbiology every day. And it's and so many so many of the things that I, I did in that learn to be a scientist class, um, like I do every day now. And um, but back then I was like, I could not care any less about this stuff. I'm going to Alaska. So the, the classes I did very, not very bad, but I barely passed like I, I do now. And it's kind of interesting. Um, so I got those done. And I was like, well, I walked out and be like, well, that could have went real bad. Or I could have just barely got by by the skin of my teeth. And so luckily it was the latter. Um, I, I remember vividly in my 21-year-old day, like, you know, you know, rose-colored glasses kind of thing. I remember walking out of my microbiology final. It was my last final. Walking out that door being like, oh, I'm a fisherman. I'm a fisherman. But with that is interesting because people have said like, oh, man, you're so ballsy. Like, you're so brave. And this stuff. it's like, no, I'm not brave. I'm not, like, I'm stupid. Um, like, you know, obviously I, I have the smarts to get a degree in science, but like what kind of idiot, you know, is excited about not only potentially jeopardizing his career and like, you know, science and all that stuff and put me back another year or whatever in college, but also I had never been on a boat. Like that's a key part of this entire story. And I, I, I make it clear in the book that I, at that point I had been on maybe maybe a, a handful of boats, like period, not fishing boats, not off, off the shore or, you know, out to sea boat. Like I had been on like five boats. And one of the que- questions that Captain Ben asked me in the hiring process, if you can call it that, was how do you do on the ocean? And I was like, uh, I don't know. Um, I went on a whale watching trip one time and that didn't go very well. And I can only imagine what he was thinking is like, are you kidding me? This guy, like this guy is who I want to have on my boat. So yeah. So there it was. It was like, I, I got done with putting all my, pushing all my finals up early just to walk out the door be like, here we go. I'm going to say goodbye to all of this, all this ability, all, anything that I know, I'm going to go on this stupid adventure up to Alaska and go onto a boat that I've never really been on. I've never been on a fishing boat. And so looking back, I was like, what a crazy, what crazy confidence. And, uh, but it worked and I have confidence to this day. And like, like I've done stupid things and I've done smart things and somewhere in the middle, I'm here. Um, so it's, it's really, it's funny to look back at that moment and how excited I was and it's being like just blind, blind faith in myself, blind happiness, completely drunken adventure. And be like, we're going to do it, man. And uh, it's just weird, crazy. I hope one of my kids or both my kids have that same confidence in themselves of being like, this is stupid. This is crazy. I want to do it. Do it. You know, and and maybe that's a rare quality in people. But, you know, in my life, that's just, that's nothing new. Um, probably for the worse, but it got me here. So I'm happy. Um, then uh, June 4th, I was, I, I walked off the, uh, the, the, airplane in Sitka, Alaska, met my captain for the very first time, never in person. 
or never at all and you know picture anything um and i met him and we got in the boat and uh thank god i uh i made it so i first fishing trip went great didn't get seasick not once um and apparently i was built for fishing so in a rambling way this is how i'm going to start episode one of this chasing the kingfish podcast episode um I promise you they'll be more, they'll be better organized, but you know, I want to talk about everything like this. This is such an exciting thing and I haven't done any audio since I public or since I uh, recorded everything back in December. And so maybe the next, next episode will be about um, the process of getting all of that audio into a con- coherent, technically coherent um, uh, audio or um, audio book and putting it on you know, having it for sale, um, which is a crazy feat. Um, and a feat that I don't really know how it happened. Um, you know, for people that don't have any idea what I'm talking about, uh, Room to Roam, the audiobook is available uh, through Amazon and Audible and iTunes. But the road to get there was a huge pain in the ass. Um, not, I mean, that's not to start with, this is all new. I, I've done nothing with audio ever. Um, so here I am doing audio. I produced a quote unquote professional, um, audio book, um, in my garage. Um, so I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but it's fun. I like doing it. Um, I'm really, really excited to talk about this stuff. People that I've talked to family or otherwise that had listened to the room to roam portion of the podcast were super stoked to listen to all the behind the scenes stuff and the stories and all that stuff. So I, I do want to really incorporate that, but also in this one, I want to have a lot more emphasis on kind of um, writing. So any idiot can just sit here and ramble on about, you know, the book I wrote, hey, check it out, or hey, funny story this, funny story that. But I, I really, there aren't, that I've seen at least, that I've looked at, and I've looked at a lot of podcasts, I haven't found one that really talks about writing and being a writer, um, especially one that has, you know, my situation going on where I have, I have kids, I have a full-time job, I have a wife, all this stuff. So I'm not just like a 22 year old, like, you know, sitting at a coffee shop with a beanie, just being like, Oh man, no one understands me. I have responsibilities and I have a, I have a life that I've lived so far. Um, so it's a different perspective. And so I, I want to incorporate this portion. Hopefully it's a lot more coherent, not including this episode. Um, hopefully it's more, more coherent. Hopefully it's better sound quality with my better equipment. Um, just hopefully it's a better experience just behind the scenes stuff of, of each of the stories. There are a lot fishing in Alaska is, is full of stories and characters and events that take place every single day. No shortage of stories, but also I want to focus more on writing and being a writer. So, um, that's, that's how I'm going to end this. Um, hopefully stick around this entire time. I, I really appreciate it. You know, the feedback people, 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 um, listening to the first section of this podcast, you know, people from literally all over the world were listening to it. Um, it's not a giant podcast, but people were out there listening to it. So the one people, the one person here, one person there across, you know, wherever, I don't care where you are. I don't care who you are. Just thank you for listening. Even if you don't buy anything I, I have to offer, which is more and more by the day. Um, you know, I, I it doesn't bother me. I, I just want to talk. I just want to have like uh, this, this like one way rhetorical conversation about what it means to do this stuff, have a small little, um, you know, publishing business, you know, the intricacies, intricacies of that. Um, 
you know, having most of my life um, with a stutter and had, now I have this audio thing and I've done an audio book, which is crazy. Um, so that can help, that can be in there. Um, you know, behind the scenes, you know, my personal stuff, what it takes to write and, you know, be productive and, um, you know, just in some about the whole fishing thing. So like if you're into fishing, you've always wanted to go up to Alaska to fish. You've had dreams, you've had, you've watched the latest catch. I'll talk about it. And so hopefully you're around to, at this point in the podcast at 32 minutes. And, um, thank you from the bottom of my heart for sticking around. If you've been here since the beginning, thank you so much for being interested in my books and the stories I want to tell. And thank you for, uh, just supporting me. And I appreciate it no matter who you are, family, friend, or otherwise. So, uh, thank you so much. And I look forward to talking with you soon.